No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. This episode of No Simple Road is brought to you by Shop Tour Bus. Head over to shoptourbus.com online or at Shop Tour Bus on Instagram and check out the amazing designs that these cats are putting out. Who doesn't like it more when you order something? I do. I think it's cool. Apple? I definitely do. I love getting extra shit. You do like getting extra shit? Yes, I do. Like when you go to the grocery store, do you get extra shit? 
Sometimes. When you go to the DMV, do you get extra shit? Well, at the grocery store, if I'm being honest, I do When eat you go to the liquor things. store, do you get extra shit? Yeah. Yeah, you get extra yeah. shit when you go to the liquor store. Yeah. Well, when you order stuff from Shop Tour Bus, not only do you get the shirt that you ordered, you get a super fucking rad hand-decorated box. You get a bootleg tape that they pick out, and somehow the universe puts it together so that they send you the bootleg that... You really wanted to hear, but never knew you did. Yeah, it touches your life. Yep. And you get a pencil to spool the tape with. Now, not all of you are old enough to remember cassette tapes, I'm sure. But when they get all fucked up in the cassette player and the tape gets pulled out of the inside of the tape, you had to either use your finger or a cigarette or whatever. But the best thing to use was a pencil. And they, these guys were thoughtful enough to include a pencil in the package to spool the tape with. I think that's pretty cool. And it's a number two pencil. Okay, sure. And candy and stickers and a newsletter and just rad shit. Cool photos, whatever. Yep. You'll see. These guys, when I saw them the first time on Instagram, it blew my mind. I, it was cool to me that somebody was so thoughtful and intentional with what they were doing. So if you haven't already done that, head over to Shop Tour Bus online or on Instagram and check them out. They are the one and only official sponsor of No Simple Road. And this episode you're about to listen to is brought to by Shop Tour Bus. Thanks, Luke. No Simple Road. No Simple Road. No Simple Road. No Simple Road. Hey, this is Adam Chase with Jazz's Fish. Then you know Cyrus is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experience about artists and topics you love. There's going to be all sorts of events this summer. Check them out with artist interviews, contests, all the stuff they got going on. Go to OsirisPod.com, get in the loop. Relics Magazine is helping them out. Check out Relics.com. Check out Jazz'sFish.com. These are some of the best guys in the business, and uh, we love you supporting music. What? What's in there? What? Um, what's in here, Mel? Agent Orange. Uh oh. You know, we had talked about that not on the show about the name Agent Orange and how that wasn't a cool name to name a strain because it did so much damage during the war. I don't know. But we found out the reason that they named the strain Agent Orange is the person... Go ahead, Apple. You could tell the story. The person that came up with this... What will you just tell a brief history on Agent Orange? It was Vietnam vet's uh, daughter who lost her father to they came up with a strain and it's called agent orange because it was kind of a homage to him agent orange was a chemical warfare device that they used during the vietnam war and they sprayed this shit and it fucked up a lot of our guys too and they came home with a lot of problems behind being exposed to Agent Orange. Cancers. Cancers and mental problems and all kinds of stuff. And then they named a strain of weed Agent Agent Orange, Orange. which kind of not cool, but it is cool because the person that made the strain was doing it to help her father that 
was affected. was affected by Agent Orange. And since it was done by someone who was affected by that, and it's like poking yeah, sense of humor in right. itself, it makes it even better than it was. So let's like, check it out. Kind of like the great. Ball of Cheech. It's kind of funny. I don't feel bad for laughing. Nice I can't. Thing. There's nothing there. That's the sign of the mouse. It's really Ooh. fluffy. You gotta put. Yeah, you gotta push it down. It fluffs up. I got it. A nice clean bubbler too. It tastes did like. Did you get it? I hit it. It's okay. cheesy. It's a little cheesy. Cheesy. A little piney. On the back of the tongue there. Can I get some fresh? Leaves a. Yeah. Definitely. Leaves a little bit of a funk, fuzzy feeling in the back of the tongue and sides of the mouth. Wow. Back of my teeth are on fire, and my brain is now soaking in a warm jacuzzi filled with. Green Jello, wow! And this coming from Mister, it's just weed. That was a very good, very good description. Eric. Thank you, thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Try the veal. Warm Jello, like the consistency of actually warm. No, jello no, no, or no. The no. Like when you're making jello, jello, like when you're making warm. not the instant Jello, but the Jello you have to let set up in the fridge. Mm-hmm. So you put it in the. What's that? A pot. A pot. You You put put it in in a pot pot. and you put the powder in there with the warm water and start to bubble it. Mm -hmm. That's my brain is sitting in that consistency of fluid. Okay. At at the moment. Right now. Yeah. Today. Outside. Midweek. Midweek? Not midweek. End week. We are midweek right now for this. I keep forgetting we're doing that. You're ruining the illusion of us it's sunday morning guys it's wednesday it's wednesday for good you. morning it's wednesday sunday morning for me hi wednesday hi hey now no simple road family how's it going we're back so soon so soon ah oh, i know it's only been a couple of days and usually you're used to missing us for a whole week but fuck it man we have all these interviews God, and fuck it. and yeah we're gonna get them out while they still we I still remember what happened. <laughs> we we better do it quick. Our fucking shit's plus, gonna disappear. Plus these these need to be heard. Yeah. Yeah, like, that like they really do. They need, need to be heard much soon. Many that one hundred percent emoji. And by the time we get around to Autzen, it's gonna be like, you know, twenty twelve talking about some shit that happened years ago because we went with the whole crew. A bomb ass posse down to Odson. Chris, Gina, Adam, Sid, Justin, our awesome producer. We just had such an amazing time. And I cannot wait till we do the recap for that, too, because you guys are really in for a treat. Yeah, it, it's as we've been saying lately. There's so much going on that it's it, <laughs> fuck, man. It's hard to get to everything and get and intros recorded and get everything out. And but I do want to say that I'm glad uh, that we're waiting to do a recap on. Yeah, we need Autumn Chris because, here. Well, then I'm still unpacking from it. Like, well, fucking go in your room and open your bag and get, go do your laundry. I actually am still physically unpacking. From Jesus it. Christ, right? Yeah, I need to teach you the ways week. of the force, dude. It's, it's not how I you do things. Sure, it it's is. Bad. I'm 23. I'm gonna do it. Listen, man. I'm tired of the "I'm 23" excuse. That is worn out at this point. It was never supposed to be not worn. It's it's done. Yeah, you got it. when you get back from a trip, you take your bag and you open it up the minute you walk in the house and dump it in the fucking dirty clothes. Not all of the clothes were dirty. 
<laughs> when you come back from High Sierra, they yeah. are. <laughs> no, well, I came back from, from Vegas. Mini you guys Winnie came DL, back from... you definitely have to toss your shit. Oh, yeah, and we got steam. When, when you throw your dirty stuff in the same bag with your clean stuff, it all has become dirty. Yes. Yeah, dirty fine. underwear, touch the shirt. I separated my shit and I still washed it. <laughs> you got a doo stain on your pocket. I put all my dirty clothes inside of one shirt. Well, so they you don't just touch my, you just the other. Blew my yeah, mind, it's like wow. putting it in a bag, and wow. then you still have clean Who'd clothes. Who'd have thought to do that? I did. That's wow. not how you do things. Well, Ryder. way to go, Ryder. <laughs> I give you props for that. Thank you. You're 23. Everybody had a little. 23. So, we went to High Sierra, guys, <laughs> and wow. you heard on Sunday the Twiddle interview. So, what we're doing is we're putting these out in the order they were received. <laughs> yes. Um, we saw Twiddle the first day we were there. The first 30 minutes? Yeah, 30 minutes there. after we got there, as you heard. And then hung out all day driving and went and got the RV and all that stuff. Came back at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Slept for five hours. Got up in the morning and went back to the festival and did this interview with Jazz's Fish that you're going to hear. And... First Let me just all, say, yes. first of all, Mandy. Mandy. Yes, <laughs> Mandy. Uh, Mandy, you are awesome. Wow, man. You know, in doing this and working in the music industry now with promoters and tour managers and whatever, really fucking cool bunch of people. But I'm going to say that Mandy wins the fucking gold medal blue ribbon yeah. award for the coolest tour manager and the cutest I my god yes. <laughs> mandy you were like the cutest little doll that every little girl wanted when they were little like <laughs> cute ponytails and the smile and Dream like buns. i you were just so awesome to work with and super fun you love the band that you're like smile yeah the, the entire smile. time we were interviewing the band and aaron looked at me one day he's like you know what Mandy said that we were going to do this interview at two o'clock and I fucking take a look behind my back and they are all strolling in at 2 p.m. on the dot. When she walked into the tent where we were doing the interview, I looked down at my phone because I was posting something and I looked and it was 1.59 and I grabbed her and I showed her my phone. And I was like. You're fucking awesome yeah. on the dot, man. Two o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So and that's a big group. Yeah, it was that's, a big group. That's wrangling cats. And we didn't even have everybody in the group, and it was still no. yeah. We a sat big with group. five of them. We yeah. were missing two. We were very lucky to sit with the five that we had with us. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh. Thank you guys. And Farnell. Oh. This this goes out to you from us, man. You live in the same town we do. We need to connect, man. Hit us up at nosimpleroad at gmail.com. Yes. Send us an email and send us your contact info, brother. I forgot to get it from you while we were there. We'd like to have you over to the house and, and cook you dinner. And I really want to smoke go see out. you and your band. And we're going to come see other ship come see the other ship connection. So. so, yes. But what? What, Ryder? It's a really cool name. Yeah. yeah Farnell with Farnell's Jamar. Book, but, yeah, no, man. I meant, I meant oh, the uh, other, ship other ship connection. connection. I don't know. Yeah. I just really like that. Yeah. Well, they're a. Uh, it's a, I think it's a Parliament cover band, uh, Mothership thanks. Connection. They're doing, uh, okay. I don't know. I think, I could be wrong, but I think that. And Maybe when I think stuff, sometimes I'm wrong. Yeah. But that's what I think. Well, that's yeah. why we want to get Farnell on the show and yeah. tell us all about it and hear some grooves from it. Yeah. What um, Apple? What are you doing over there? You're poking away at your phone. 
Oh, that's yeah. just playing words with friends. Oh, oh my no. God. <laughs> no, I said the other ship connection. They said the other ship connection is Portland's premier band of funk, soul, jazz, and more. Heck oh, yeah. Shit. I can't believe we've been missing out on that. Yeah, how did we miss that shit? Well, you know what? Um, we know now. I think we talked about this in the interview, but like meeting people at the right time. Like we met you, Farnell, at the right time to introduce us to your funky, groovalicious band that I can't wait to see here locally. But this interview is super special. So you have to think about this, guys. On the heels of that fantastic interview with Twiddle. And Aaron just went through the whole thing. We wake up, go interview these, right? Was it before we interviewed them that we saw them play? Mm-hmm. Right? Play. Right? So, yeah, we went and watched them play first. So we got there kind of like a third of the way in or maybe a half of the way in. Mm-hmm. So everybody was already grooving and jamming. And we were side stage just watching them. And we were like, hell yeah, there's a girl in the group, you know, just just yeah, digging the, the whole trombone. Yeah, just digging great. the whole thing. And then Aaron reaches over and he's like, hey, Mandy wants us uh, to go backstage and meet her. OK, so we go back with stage. So now we were off side stage. All of a sudden we're backstage now watching the concert from behind, looking at what the band sees when they're playing, looking at all of the fans grooving to their music. And so then that was, for me, just a whole different head trip. I was like, we were just out there. Now we're back here. I feel more, like, comfortable back here, too. Mm-hmm. Like, not like I didn't belong up front. I belong wherever. But, like, it just felt really comfortable and got a really good t- time and uh, space to move around and groove to their music. Standing right behind Adam on the drums. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mandy came over and, you know, told us what was going on. They were going to eat all that stuff. And then she was like, interrupted herself. And she's like, oh, this is the last song. I got to go record it. Like, yeah. you know, like just little stuff like that made me appreciate her dedication to the band. You can tell that she really loves her job and she really loves who she's working with. And that made it so much more like that was the vibe that we were already on before we even interviewed him. Yeah. yeah. And with this band in particular, there's a thing like fish their music is super complex and these guys have unpacked that complexity and rearranged it and put it back together in a way that still fish is music but it's jazz's fish it's genius it's really it cool what they do and they're all having so much fun yeah, on the stage. Man. Their performances were. And this is going to be on the heels of us going to. This is coming out. Well, it's Wednesday. And we so are going to see Fish this. on Saturday yeah. night. And I. this is going to be my very first experience with Fish. Um, so I've never. Actually, they're my first introduction to Fish, if I'm being honest, like on a yeah. live level. Yeah. And w- what I love the most was talking to the band where they put us in that cute little um, Alice in Wonderland, Mad Hatter's themed, um, you know, press area. And (laughs) everybody kind of like started migrating in, you know, we were giving each other hugs, high fives, you know, whatever, sat down. And then we just got right down to business. And let me tell you something that I loved and appreciate, Adam, 
is you have the best eye contact I have ever experienced in any interview, in any personal interaction, in any conversation. Like you had a way of talking to the whole group of us of No Simple Road and looking at each one of us in the eye and making us feel like you were talking to us specifically and us as a whole. And I just really love that. So thank you for that. I take something away from every interview that we do. Like for me that I learn doing them. And that was something that I brought out of this for myself was in talking to Adam and making eye contact with him. It like, I, I mean, I understand the importance of eye contact and what that means when you're talking to somebody, but it really underlined it, underscored it for me, the power of it well, yeah. and the connection that it makes. Sometimes like we, you learn lessons in layers, right? Like you learn like, oh, it's not nice to be rude to people. But then maybe one time it's like this, your grandma, someone was rude to your grandma. So you understand rudeness on a whole different level. And so... What I mean by saying that is that we're talking to Adam. I didn't even realize how important it was until I was receiving it from him. And it made the content of the conversation that much more on a a personal wavelength. It felt personal, the things that we were all talking about, almost intimate. And we were talking, like with Felix, too. Felix was another one who pulled you in with his... First of all, he's a beautiful man. Second of all, he's very, like... (laughs) That's Like, he's just on the stage with sticking his tongue out, and he's just... He's vibrant. You know, he's Mm -hmm. a vibrant personality. But then when he would say just whatever, whatever he decided to say... You should be fucking listening because it blew my mind. It really did. Yeah. And then getting to see them play again on, I don't remember if it was the last day we were there. I think it was the next day. Yeah. We saw, yeah. We interviewed when, Saturday and then we got to see we their saw whole them on performance Sunday, Sunday yeah. morning. And they had been like not sleeping and they were all tired and they got up on that stage and fucking burned that place down, man. Mm-hmm. And that James Brown dance. Oh my gosh. Jamar's playing that day? What? You guys. I I, have that big chunk of that recorded. New appreciation. New appreciation for the musicianship. You know, I think when we did this interview, that was what made me appreciate the single player within the band. Oh, wow. Because for me, I'm not like the sportsy, statisticy person, or I remember all the names, but because we've been doing this, I have to remember. And I, not everybody's the same. So before I would see things like kind of like a blanket, and Holistic. now I'm seeing things, yeah, and more on the individual level. And I never really paid attention to each individual instrument. I just played, I listened to the jive and the jam that was going on between them. But jazz is fish individually. Like you got to, they highlighted themselves while they were playing. And it was like tear jerking. It felt like uh, so good to hear it. Like a musical eardrum massage. Mm-hmm. And And the cool thing too is that like, this particular band has a rotating yeah rotating cast that comes through it and the guys and girl that we spoke to have like this breadth of of education one of them is self-taught yeah, one of them is classically trained in like chamber music jamar. jamar adam went to school for jazz like 
there's this huge conglomeration of educational difference in their setup. And it's just really cool to see the whole thing play out and watch them play. And, and to do Fish's music on top of that is something to behold. So, yeah, it was uh, quite the interview. And I, I know you guys are going to dig it. Yeah, um, you are. As, as with all the High Sierra interviews, we did them with the handheld. And the sound is a little different than what you're used to. But just give it a second. You get used to it, man. It's it's cool. It makes you feel like you're backstage with us. At a festival. At a festival. Hear music stuff in the background. Yep. It's cool. So follow us on Instagram at No Simple Road, Facebook at No Simple Road. Head over to nosimpleroad.com and click on the family tab. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter and that's where you get all your accoutrements and accessories and news and you heard it first. This is about No Simple Road. If you click on the merch tab, that's where you can get the shirts and stickers and pins and all that good No Simple Road swag that you should be wearing to every concert you ever go to forever for the rest of your life. <laughs> yep. Darwin growled at that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. That's one word. You can give as little as a buck a month to help the No Simple Road crew keep the train rolling down the tracks, guys. That is where the family comes together, joins hands, and does its thing. Um, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of like getting a backstage pass to No Simple Road. We've been lagging on the porch chats, but we have all committed to not do that anymore. And we are going to start putting them out weekly again. And those are for Patreon only <laughs> subscribers. We, we will someday. <laughs> I promise, guys. Yeah, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to go down. Promise. So, yeah, patreon.com forward slash no simple road. That's where you can get like the Patreon only content and you can get it for as little as a buck a month. And I'll tell you what, every single time, it doesn't matter if it's a dollar or 20 bucks or a hundred or whatever, every single time we get one of those emails, you get so fucking happy mm-hmm. and it doesn't have anything to do with the money. Mm-mm. No, it's it just it's another one that's pulling us together as a family. We all come together like yeah. we do everything, listen to the mm-hmm. emails, celebrate our new Patreon subscriber. Mm-hmm. We speak your name. <laughs> Ryder makes you an angel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send you an angel. We I mean, come on, man. Who doesn't want an angel? Yeah. It could be Dog an angel with like right one unicorn now. horn and like donkey ears and right lizard teeth. I don't know. You know, what? I want you guys, when you listen to this, um, <laughs> uh-oh. when you listen to this interview, really pay attention to Felix's answer about the music being language and how when you're with your friends, you're able to kind of like you start, you know, finishing each other's uh, each other's sentences after a while. And then maybe you even have just like silly little like the way that you'll look at each other and you know what that means. And Aaron and I have a ton of them in a 20 year relationship and me and Apple and Aaron have a ton of them and all the four of us have a ton of them. And I never related it to playing music. And that's what Felix did. And he made me understand the uh, the camaraderie and the beauty of the playing music language. with people and the musical language. So, Felix, if you are out there, Mr. Self-Taught, listening to this, thank you so much for that explanation and that heartfelt um, answer because I just really, I got something that day. And um, thank you all. Yeah. So I forget where I was at. I was on Patreon. Sorry. Yeah. That, cool. Sorry, guys. Uh, Interrupted that. Dot com. Simple Road. Shirts. Mm-hmm. Stickers. Oh, yeah. So um, if you haven't already done it, whatever 
platform you're listening to No Simple Road on, please do us a favor. Do us a solid. Hook us up, man. Leave us a review. Five-star review. You don't even have to type in any, like, words or anything if you don't want. You could just click the five-star thing, and it submits it, and boom, off you go. That is the most important way to support No Simple Road. Every single person that listens to the show should do that. It only takes, I don't know, 30 seconds to pull it off. And it's huge for us. It means a lot. It's that and Patreon together mean that we can keep doing the show. And that's what we want. And it seems like you guys want it too. So those two things, guys, help us out. Patreon and leaving the five-star reviews. Um, So this week we are headed to the Gorge to see fish. Wow. What a trip, guys. Okay. What? The last, can we pause it? No. Okay, the last one we just recorded, we were talking about it was yeah. going to be before Fish. Two of them are coming out this yeah. Wednesday? Yeah. Dude, we- you guys are so lucky. Come we- see us at Fish. <laughs> I, well, okay, wait. The other one we did a minute ago was Wednesday. This might come out Saturday when we're there. Oh, okay. Or Sunday morning when Fish will still be happening. And so, yeah. Yeah. If this is before Fish, come see us at Fish. If this is... After we're at fish, we hope you came and saw us. Yes, yeah, and thank go. you. Look for at stopping us figuring by. shit out on the fly. No, I, I love that now too. Writer, writers like, can we pause it? I need to straighten something. It's just, like, no, we're not I'm, pausing. What's your book? Let's I'm work behind. it out right here. That's all. You What's your malfunction, <laughs> motherfucker? Yeah, hear it just, all. Um, I wanted to read just like two little small um, letters from the people who have stopped and sent us a little five star love and. Uh, Um, review. So this one says, so grateful for these kind people spreading positive energy. Keep it up. (laughs) Thank you, Andrew Harris, 42. Um, And this... uh, Speak your name. (laughs) I love this podcast. I don't have many deadhead friends where I live, but I'm listening to these guys. But listening to these guys makes me feel part of the family. You are part of the family. Yep. Keep doing what you are doing, NSR. Peace. And that is Braden is dead. And then we have Bruno. Had to wait an hour for my doctor in an examination room and occupied myself by listening to podcast number 43. I'm sure patients in other rooms wondered what all the laughing was about. Stoner sensibilities that speak deeper universal truths. I would love to meet these folks in person. Um, Yeah, Bruno, we can make it happen. Um, I don't know if we read this one. Um, I just listened to the podcast after the CRB concert in Portland at Revolution Hall, which was my buddy's first show and his birthday. I just wish I was in the room and could have been a part of that conversation. You guys make me miss home. And that's it. The others we read another time. So thank you guys to stop and listen and write down your thoughts. That's super sweet. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Totally cute. You know, you know, I'm going to talk about it. Go for it. Uh-uh. Yesterday was a big deal, man, for me. We oh. interviewed Ross James yesterday, and it was really cool. It was really fucking cool to get to talk to him. And he told us about something that I just want to throw out into the universe and let it marinate for a little while. There's a thing. Is it an Idaho apple? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. The- what? The, the Idaho uh, River, r- River, Adventures. Into, yeah, River Adventures. Idaho River Adventure. Whoever thought of this 
You're fucking magical, man. I'm gonna hook you up. Hang on, and just wait for it. Free. This is the build-up. Yeah, Everybody's hanging build on the edge of their earphones right I'm now. I'm excited. People know about it, but so we did. The idea, I guess, was some people like being out river rafting and camping for like five and six days. And how cool would that be to do that? People do that all the time, okay. right? How cool would that be to do that with your favorite musicians? And every night when they make camp, your favorite musicians play a private concert for you in the middle of nowhere. What? Yeah. What? Man. Who got this hooked up? I don't, I don't know whose idea Idaho it was, but Ross James is doing one. We should one. interview that person. Ross we James should, is doing one. A dope idea. Coming up. And if we didn't already have vacation plans set, it would so be fucking on us doing that. But that's what's happening next year. That's what I'm doing next summer with you guys. We're doing that fucking thing. Green Sky Bluegrass does it. Nikki Bloom does it. Ross James does it. Who else, Apple? Help me out. Who else does them? Um, shit. Sorry, I'm, I'm oh, on you're, it. You're hey, blowing you're it. You're looking up fucking ruining too many everything. Things. I had a whole yeah, thing Tim going. Tim Bloom. Talking to your phone. Tim Bloom, Nikki Bloom, the one with Ross James we were just talking about uh, with, with Scott Law. Oh, wow. And Nikki Bloom on that one. Um Maybe it's a friend of theirs, you know. So could the you deal imagine, is like wait, real quick. Could you imagine being the artist that gets to do that? Because they you you're getting paid to go on a river rafting vacation. Yeah, that's so cool. What right? a genius, yeah. dude. So it's I think it's five or six days, and you fly into the airport. They pick you up with a shuttle. They shuttle you out to the site where you take off. Expensive. It's pricey. It's pricey. But think about it, man. If you it's six days. That's true. And you're getting private concerts every night. All your food is taken care of. You're gonna have a blast. And it's still twenty three thousand dollars. Twenty three hundred. Sorry, I did miss. Come on, man. Sorry, sorry. Twenty three hundred dollars. And playing in the sand is about that. And you don't even get to river raft. That's true. Well, you can. These are life adventures. Yeah, that's a life change. When we talked to Ross the other day, he said that it was a game changer. Those are the. That's a direct quote. Game changer for him. The last time he did it. Damn. Okay. So I'm just throwing that out there for everybody to think about. That's a thing that happens out in the world. I love how you guys are going to hear the Russ Liquid Test um, interview in another maybe I don't know another couple days or whatever, but. Russ said something that, uh, like Aaron said, that things stick with him every interview. Like, same with me. I always, I, I started journaling a lot more during the interviews. And Russ, Aaron was saying something about, like, ask him a question. I, how does it feel to, something about the celebrity or the importance or the responsibility of an artist. And Ross, or Russ said, um, you know, we need to stop putting artists on a pedestal you know musicians we're no different than anybody else and we just are all on like equal playing field and maybe i butchered how he said it but that was the gist that was the gist of it and i love what's happening now especially after yesterday talking to ross um and him mentioning that river tour and the whole idea of playing in the sand and the cruise ships that do those, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, the jam cruises and all that shit. Like 
Thank you to the artists that decided to do that. Whether you're getting paid like some fucking crazy amount or something to do it, the fact that you're able to put yourself in um, like the direct access to your fans that's really important to people like even if it's just the one picture they took with you like they'll have it like prominent in their doorway when you open at their home or something like as a dream fulfilled a dream come true like that's really cool that you guys are doing that just by being in a certain space Mm -hmm. so thank you for that so much yeah yeah, man. So the only reason I mention that is just to get it out into the collective consciousness of the No Simple Road family <laughs> and have it out there to marinate for a little while and see what kind of magical dust floats down from the ether to all of us about that. So I just yeah. did that. You did it. Tinkle, so, tinkle. I'm like Tinkerbell with that <laughs> fucking wand with the little star at the top. Like, ding. Yeah, I just did that. That's exactly what I think. I look I just look like Tinkerbell, man. I always me. think Tinkerbell when I see Aaron. I'm I'm going to draw the no, no Simple Road hand with it. Happy birthday to all the July birthday uh, No Simple Road babies out there. I just wanted to say we've never done that before, and I've just started to think of it like happy birthday, guys! Whoever's birthday celebrating month. a birthday yeah. in happy July, birthday that Cancerian oh. time, and Carl. I hope you guys are all Candy. enjoying Mitch, your Linda, beautiful birthday Sarah, season. And Jay my Alan, baby, and No Simple Miguel, Road's birthday, Juan. <laughs> Alex. And, and no simple roads, Bert. And no simple yeah. road is a July baby. One. Wow. It's an emotion. It's a crabby baby. <laughs> it's cranky. It needs a nap. Crabby Bobby. Oh. So, guys, yeah. High Sierra, Jazz's Fish, River Rafting, no simple road.com, Patreon, shirts, <laughs> stickers. So, is that it? That's it. I want to do it. So, with no further ado, we welcome you to listen and put in your air holes this wonderful interview with Jazz is Fish. shows that we've done our versions before we get on stage I, I like to just you know tell people like hey don't get caught up in what you heard someone else do like put yourself into the music and like we took a lot of liberties with even the arrangements so like there's some songs where the melody is the only thing that is really taken from fish and we've you know either we've made original compositions underneath of it you know like songs like 46 days and ghosts and stuff like that where we've just completely rewrote what was underneath of it um and sometimes even with the melodies you know because we're taking them from vocals to horns we reharmonize them and add little things that are going to sound better in a horn section so there's not like you know if it was like a traditional fish cover band i think you know people would you know, kind of get hell bent or bent out of shape from a fan perspective. It didn't sound right. Yeah, like if it's for, trying to oh, yeah. Yeah. for us, we don't. You know, we're not going for that. Especially you know, since Fish is still playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would you want to like go dead. see a band play verbatim what Fish does if they're still playing? Go see know? Fish. Go see Fish. Yeah. This band is going to be a collective of musicians that you don't normally get to see playing Fish's music. Right. You know, giving homage to the music. To what's your favorite part about doing this this thing? Um. Traveling? Yeah. No. Uh, food? Uh, dancing? <laughs> no. Uh, it's actually the best part about this group thus far is obviously expanding my musical knowledge and um, 
my repertoire and my yeah. vocabulary musically. But then it's also because of the way this band is built, uh, with so many revolving chairs, uh, just meeting a ton of great musicians, great people, and that's kind of you know that's that's how this works. Do you find it? Do you guys find it difficult? Like you'll have a certain lineup that you're working with. And then when things change, is it hard to adjust when there's new players that come in? I mean, it's a challenge for me when I'm contemplating set lists because, you know, especially like when the horn section changes, you know, like uh, the show we just played just a few minutes we got off stage, it was uh, trumpet and trombone. Right. Uh, two nights ago, we did a show where it was trumpet and saxophone. Um, so depending on the song, there's some songs that are carried by a trombone or some songs carried by a saxophone. So I have to just be aware of like when writing a set list. So that's like the only challenge I'd say as far as that's concerned. But really, we don't bring anyone onto the stage who's not you know someone that we would you know admire as a musician or hang so, out with. Or, yeah, I mean it's um, you know and, and uh, you know the fear of sounding pretentious is not like you know anyone want to be welcome. It's just you know there's certain like. A uh, certain type of musician that I'm looking for, as far as like why I'm even doing this project. You know, it, it's not just for the sake of, of playing Fish's music. It's you know, I grew up with Fish's music, and it was one it, when I went to music school. A lot of uh, you know teachers in the jazz scene kind of like they, they don't think of Fish as like serious music. They just see the jam band kind of hippie aspect, or right. the goofy lyrics, and and they kind of put a wall up and. Uh, that doesn't exist in like Frank Zappa's music and musicians embrace Frank Zappa's music but to me there's a lot of similarities there so like why embrace Frank Zappa's music but then shut your mind off really to any music why shut your mind off to anything I, I had that you know, problem for it, a long time man. do you yeah. have any ideas about why that is because that's a great question that comes up a lot I think for me personally I think it has more to do with the fact that it's hard to if, it's, if you're unable to put it in a box if you're yes, unable to de- exactly. describe what it is that's going right then you won't approach it because the, you can't describe it because you can't associate it to something that you can already say oh i'm into this or i'm into this and if it's something completely brand new or you know uh, unusual uh then i guess yeah like what's your background with music because you just start we were starting to go into it a little bit like a week ago i started uh, <laughs> youtube lots of youtube expert village yeah, I started playing music um, when I was 15. Well, let's see. No, I started playing music when I was five, but not not playing music, trying to play an instrument. Right. And then I, my first gig was when I was 15, um, playing down in Miami, South Beach, and just kept getting gigs. Never went to school, just kind of had my mom drive me to gigs. And then when I was able to drive, I started driving myself to gigs. And So, like, self-taught? 100%. And you're rolling with these cats that are... Yeah. We're rolling with Felix. That's pretty badass. That's badass, man. Right on. Well, the thing... You know, the thing, though, the, 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 um, the, the stigmatism with, depending on which school you come from, school you come from... Right. Is, you know, the, the stigmatism of be going to school or being self-taught. The thing really all it comes down to is how driven you are to become a musician, how driven you are to want to play. Because a lot of, actually, a lot of musicians who go to school, they're not, not necessarily they're getting taught anything. I mean, yes, they are. I'm not turning, I'm not putting down any, any teachers by any means. But a lot of it is actually them coming together with other musicians that are just as driven as they are. And they so just grow. It's that's self-perpetual. Right. So that's the same thing. If you don't go to school, if you find musicians that are just as driven as you are, there's your school. Whoa. So how do you guys find each other? Yeah. Just like friends and and like I I met uh, 
you know, I'll meet a musician and then, you know, I'm, I develop a friendship with a musician and then they're like, hey, we're going to the West Coast. Who should we contact? And, and of course, that person is like, hey, Farnell's in the West Coast. You know, it's like word of mouth type of thing. And especially if you trust the person's like musicality and their their music, musicianship, like you, you could take them on their word that you're going to get someone that's good and that can handle the music, you know, because not... Because it's like crapshoot, because sometimes some musicians are very good, but they might not be able to read charts that well, or they can read charts well, but they can't catch the signals and the, the things on the fly, or they're not really listening as big as they can. So, but it's all networking. It's all, I mean, yeah. I mean, I met Jamar at a Mustang Music Festival where he was there with the Freds, yeah. you know, and I met Felix with. Jazz is fish, and, and but I know like Chris Bullock from Snarky Puppy because I hung out with them years ago. You know, like we just uh, it's so cliche, but the whole thing about you know getting getting work through your friends is really it's been the same thing forever. It's, it's, it's well, always no, there's a huge no. crossover it's, in this it's always in this game that, too, and it will always be that to be honest. Especially as things become so um, uh, less tangible in terms of like you're you know. You, you're spread so thin. You're all over the place. You, anyone can see you play. So then you can actually depend more on friends now to be able to get gigs. Because anyone can tell if you play or not, you know. But they want to have someone that's on their side, you know, someone they can trust or so they can travel with well, you know. Getting to the to the root of it, though, like, there's a lot of cover bands out there that do fish music or dead music or Almond Brothers or whatever. There's a reason that people are doing that. It's because they got turned on to the music. You know what I mean? Like, I went to a dead show in 89, and my whole life fucking changed. Like, for you, you specifically, like, what was the thing with Fish that pulled you in like that? What was the, the I deal? mean, I'd say for me, Fish was the first band uh, that I had heard that, like, you know, like... <laughs> The age I was when I got turned on to fish was like during the grunge era and I was in middle school and you know I was listening to Nine Inch Nails I was listening to Nirvana and actually the first time someone played fish for me it wasn't in my bag you know it wasn't it didn't have like like anger and distortion and you know angst it, it didn't fit with who I was um, but I was also studying music and the more I listened to them it like kind of like it blew my mind actually Divided Sky was the first song that really caught with me because it was a composition that didn't follow a traditional form of music it wasn't A-A-B-A it wasn't like verse, verse, hook, verse it right. wasn't you know it was and, and um, so and, and it's in classical music but it, it you know it's there are people who are composing really amazing compositions that are really difficult. The thing that separated Fish from me, which I think is, is you know, for a lot of people, is that Fish is able to take really complex music and make it palatable for a large amount of people. So I, I was always blown away if you go to a Fish show and you, you see people who aren't musicians singing guitar parts, singing oh, the shit. guitar line to Divided Sky. That's not a typical thing to see. You know, non-musicians, and 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 that's that song's in weird time signatures. Yet a non-musician, you know, Fish just was able to take like Frank Zappa. I love, but his music is very much for musicians in a lot of ways. And I, I don't think only musicians should listen to him. But if you go to like someone doing Zappa's music and you go to the show, you're going to be in a crowd with like ninety percent musicians. It's like going to a car show if you're a mechanic and appreciating cars, or if you're not a mechanic and going to a car show and appreciating cars. Right. Same thing. So Fish was able to do that in a 
a way where they could draw in a lot of people. And so like for myself being, you know, 14, 15 years old and having my mind open to this compositional music, they led me to Zappa. They led me to oh, wow. uh, lots of other music because I got turned on to them. Uh, so for me, Fish was like the gateway drug to like even want to get to the point where I studied jazz in college. It was like I'd like digested Fish's music and said, okay, what else? Went after Zappa, listened to all his music, and it's like, okay, then, you know, what, what are like, you know, who's in his band, you know? And then you look at, uh, you know, George Duke, you know, the Ooh. ridiculous keyboardist. And then yeah. you look at, you follow his career. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're like knee deep in Mahavishnu Orchestra and the Sun Ra and Sun Ra. And and it's funny you bring up Sun Ra because when we started this this project, you know, it was it was it was wanting to celebrate that you know experience for me and like you know bring it to musicians. So I called Michael Ray. Uh, who, you know, toured with Sun Ra, yeah. he's played with Fish, he's on a lot of their records, and um, and I was like, I left a message, I didn't know I didn't know him, someone gave me his number, and I left a message for him, I was like, hey, I'm really thinking about doing this project, I explained, you know, Jazz is Fish, what I think it was going to be, Just and it was just a concept, it really didn't exist yet, so it was all kind of loose, and he called me immediately, he was in France, and he's like, Adam, I know I don't know you, but we have to do this together. And I was like, right okay, okay. And he brought this to the From an validating. idea floating yeah. around, right? Just, yeah. hell yeah, let's do it. And then, so for me, also another thing, like the first fish show I went to, Dave Matthews' band, sax, uh, sax player, uh, Leroy Moore, played with them. And it was like, that was really cool. And they did uh, weather report teases. And, and so <laughs> a, a, a cool full circle thing for me, that being my first fish show, is that... On our first Jazz's Fish record, we have Jeff Coffin playing sax, uh, you know, with a bunch of other horn players. And, you know, Jeff is now the Dave Matthews Band's uh, saxophone player, so it's like a full circle thing. Wow. And then, you know, having, like, my first Fish show be, like, just laced with re- weather report, you know, teases where now, you know, I'm playing with Felix now, and his father was the one who was playing on those records. It's just, for me, it's just really cool because I, I like, got to watch the music that turned me on and like the origins of my like kind of yearning to get deeper in music now that you know I've gone through music school come back to the other side wanting to like bring this music to musicians and present it in a way that's going to be palatable for like the jazz professors who thought it wasn't good enough kind of thing that, yeah. that's not my motive, only motivation but that you know was in my <laughs> mind wow um, it's just cool because everything kind of came full circle so for me it was like a I don't know if validating is the right thing but it, it, you know like let me know I'm in the right place yeah. at the right time doing the right thing are you it. like that with a lot are all of you this is for all you guys who have lost guys are you like that with all the stuff in your life like it's one thing to want to play music right and and to be driven to do that thing it's a whole different thing to dig into something and take it apart and really know it from like the inside out i feel like that's what jazz's fish is you've completely deconstructed fish and put it back together in its own like super unique badass way are you like that guys with with everything that you do i mean you 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 know, I, I went through different phases in my life. Like I went to I went to school as a jazz musician, and I didn't really like really anything else. And then I got out of school, and then I got turned on to the CTI era of jazz and and the commercialism of it, which a lot of straight ahead guys frowned upon that stuff because they felt like Wes Montgomery's selling out because he's putting out something commercial. And then I got into um, P Funk and and Cool in the Gang and stuff. So like the 
the the more the more I dive deeper into that, another world unlocks, you know. And then I start seeing all the connections and and, and the jazz guys connected with the funk guys, and and uh, and I do a lot of soul and 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 R and B music and see how that all is connected. Yeah. Just because of the more the deeper I've dove into the music that I love, you know. I, and I feel like if I didn't dive deep into those music, I still would be kind of narrow minded and wow. what I, I listen to and play, you know. Yeah. I mean, and that's what kind of opened me up to. And then people were like, "Oh, he's he's a dope horn section player. Let's get him because he can play horn section because he played with this person, this person." Then that's why they're hiring you for this other thing. And then you you know that, yeah. that's the whole networking thing. Then you find yourself in this circle of people and getting connected with Jerry Poindexter. And then you get I'm talking to Jerry Poindexter from the James Brown band, and he's like, "Yeah, my drummer in my band is Frankie Cashwadi." And I'm like, "I spent three years with Frankie Cashwadi on the road with Boosie, but then also." Shit. Um, you know, Boosie and Mudbone and, and then Mudbone Cooper Parliament and like and then it just starts overlapping and yeah. such and I feel Puzzle like pieces start connecting. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like a, a great um And it's all through opening up your mind. Yeah, yeah. And it's all diving deep, like really fun and then Prince music and other mm-hmm. stuff and being connected with a lot of Prince artists. So, you know, I just feel like it keeps opening me up and, and preparing me to be able to, to if we playing a Jazz's Fish song and we kind of slip into something else or to a Zappa or yeah. something, I'm like, hey, I could do that because I've studied that, I've learned it, or I know what it's supposed to sound like. So I could be able to, to, to bring that sound forth to the music as well, you know? I mean, because if we're so squared in our, our learning, you know, if Felix plays something that's re- reference something else and stuff, I wouldn't know what it is. But because I've studied and tried to been around digest all of the music, I'm like, oh, let's go, let's go there, you know, and let me get excited and stuff, you know. I mean, but I just same note, that's the same twelve notes for everything. Yeah, all the music is is the exact same. If you took all our instruments and put a polka band playing our instruments, it would be polka music. But be the same instruments, same twelve notes. You know, that's wow. something I can totally appreciate from somebody who's down in the stage, <laughs> yeah. like you know, under the stage, dancing to it. Like you get into a Zappa thing, or you get into a, I don't know what the hell, like any kind of yeah, P funk thing. And the people out there that know that, hell yeah, like what? And then kind of bring that out. And like I've noticed where the band responds to like the excitement of the crowd when they pull, when you guys start pulling little things from there. Like, that's that's what makes the show fun. Well, that's like um, Victor. Victor Wooten tells a story how he was playing with Bella Fleck that he played like some P-Funk thing and, and the only brother in the back all the way in the back was doing like this. <laughs> and it was Anthony Wellington. Yeah. You know, and that's how he met Anthony Wellington. It's like the dude, the brother all the way in the back putting yes. up the band. There's <laughs> you know, something like, for everybody. That's what's awesome. I think uh, like it's like like he was saying we slip into so many things I think it's like on stage one of the things I try to keep in mind is to just be as sensitive as possible and not like just delicate I should say but try to like empathetic and like and let yourself like just I don't know like it's almost physical the way that you like you move to the music and you're you're moving to like it's telepathic it's telepathic and you just try to like leave yourself open for that so that sometimes you'll you get so open sometimes and it seems like just a chance or or happenstance but you'll play like something that's completely unique and different like two or three people at the same time without like talking to each other or anything it just happens like you do a chord progression or you're you'll hit a, like a, a strange note but we'll all hit the same strange note because we're just very open and I think do you think you know, that do you think that's telepathy I don't I don't I don't know I think it's just like I I think that hmm, 
do you, do you sometimes do you when talking to like a really close friend? You guys sometimes say the same thing together. Absolutely. Oh yes. So it's vocabulary. When you when you spend enough time with somebody with a group of musicians and you kind of it becomes intuitive. It becomes kind of a natural thing. You know, we yeah. have sayings that we all say together, and you can kind of lead or insinuate, and all of a sudden. But there's those on there's board. those things that happen too. Even like, though we've only played what four gigs together, yeah. you know. So, but, but if you're, you're in the same universe. Yeah, in the same universe, and yeah. also if you're open enough and you pre- you can practice that to an extent, also, you know, the more the more diverse your whole circle is of music and musicians and people that you know, you can it, you have to actually be more that you know in order to make things work. But there's also those moments when like you're thinking about somebody and you haven't talked to them in months and then the phone rings and they're on the phone I think that's kind of the same thing that what you're talking about with hitting the same note at the same time when it wasn't planned like that's a it's a group mind or a a hive mind I I don't really think that you know I hate to say it but I don't think musicians are necessarily special I think everyone is capable of having the moments we have as musicians in life you know we just we speak a language and music is a language there's 12 notes in english there's 24 notes but it's it's letters right and you make up a, a billion words with those 24 letters and it's just conversation so like when you're talking to a friend and that friend isn't really there with you you know it oh if yeah they're thinking about what they're going to say as opposed to listening to you you know it you feel it uh it creates a barrier but when when you're ha- just having a conversation, if if, you're, if someone's really listening to you, it feels good, you know. Yes. It, 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 and yeah, it, it feels it really feels good when they're really listening to you, and when you're really listening to them. So when you get, uh, you know, a couple people in a room, you know, who are just talking, you know, forget about music, just having a conversation. And everyone is like, they're not anywhere else. They're in the moment. That's where the spirituality of it is, just being in that moment. But even just in a, a vocal conversation. A beautiful things can happen whether it's saying the same thing at the same time or whatever it is so it, everyone is capable of the same thing that we experience on stage just even if you don't play an instrument it's just talking you know it's conversation so what the you know the the beauty of what we do and what anyone could do in life is all we do as musicians is try to expand our vocabulary you know so that you can articulate your thoughts better so if you have a feeling rather than just saying oh that's killing you could say, oh, that's a really amazing thing I just experienced. So, like, I, I didn't use any big words, but you can articulate the same feeling in different ways. Wow. So, you know, as musicians, we're always just looking to expand our vocabularies, and that's where digging into other people's music comes in, is you're digging in and you're expanding your vocabulary. So digging into someone's catalog, to me, is no different than reading the dictionary or reading a book, you know, and coming away from reading that book and being like, oh, I know all these new words, or I want to know, like, where you get stuck in the book and you're like, like, wait, what is that? And you look up the word, and all of a sudden, that's in your vocabulary. Same thing. If you're re- if you're reading music or you're working on a transcription, you get stuck. You don't just breeze through it and don't know it. You stop and you learn it and you yeah. understand it, and then now that's in your vocabulary. So, you know, what I look for with musicians that I have with these guys and that I try to have with whoever I bring on my stage is, you know, do they have a good vocabulary? Are they going to be in the moment? Do they, are they a sensitive musician? Meaning, are they going to listen when someone else is speaking? Or are we going to, li- you know, speak together collaboratively in a way where we're having a conversation? It's not just, you know, let me show you all my chops. Let me solo and tell you what I have to say. <laughs> Talk you know, over everybody. Chops are only, you know, like, tons of musicians have chops. Tons of musicians, like... 
Yeah, I mean, can you have a good conversation? Can you have a good conversation? So, like, you know, whether it's like my friends that don't play music and people I'm just trying to hang out with, or people who I'm playing music with, I want the same thing. I want sensitive, open minded, in the moment people who are going to converse with me in a way that is deep and bring something to the table that's deep because you know if you're just talking over each other in life what are you what are we doing we're not learning anything so i mean it's no i mean i just don't think it's any different i mean i know you know we're at a you know you got your dead shirt on i remember when i got turned on to the dead uh jerry you know people were like you know bowing to jerry's like i'm really no different than the the cobbler the guy who makes shoes and just he put all this time into master this this craft it's no different i mean we're just you know and I think what people enjoy from a fan perspective that I know I enjoyed why I liked Fish, for instance, is that it was, you know, when you get an audience where they are listening, they are open and they're in the moment with you and their ears are open to what you're doing and everyone on stage is open and in the moment. That's when like something really magical, I think, happens in music. And that's that's like. You know, for me, that's like what I'm always seeking as a musician is like to have this like collective experience where everyone feels like we're we're like we're we're in it together. Yeah. We're like one one kind of. You're making a larger conversation. Yeah. And you're adding voices to it. And what's... and with the music, I found it almost like it's like a hub. It creates yeah. an ambiance that we're all in together. Ooh. Yeah. What? There's such a. You brought it up a minute ago. You see, touched on spirituality and I know you guys got to go in a second but why do you think that there's that cross because I've wondered this is whatever this is my question for me what's the thing that brings spirituality into this particular music in in that unique way do you do you get what I mean like people get turned on to fish and they get turned on to the dead and they become different I've seen it over and over and over again time and again what do you what do you think what it's just the the improvis- improvisational nature of the music. Um, as musicians, uh, there's no like preconceived things, and so really we're on stage speaking our souls, you know. And so when you're when you're exposed to that, and when you're when someone's putting themselves out there just bare naked, this is who I am, this is how I feel. I don't think I, I don't think you can help but be moved or changed by it. This is a perfect way to kind of tie it all together is, you know, the roots of dead and fish and and jam music that, you know, that was taking jazz and infusing it in rock and roll. It's taking the improv elements of jazz. So like I remember like fish, they had the festival it and it was actually named after an excerpt of a Jack Kerouac book where Jack uh, was at a jazz concert watching a saxophone player just open up his soul with a band and he's like he describes it just being that feeling of like this like improvisational conversation and so they you know like to me what makes jam music jam music is just taking that element of jazz and putting it over top of like a rock and roll kind of setting so you know to say jazz is fish or fish is jazz makes sense because that that it all stems from jazz so like you know it's again it's like it's rock and roll is palatable for different people versus jazz versus swing jazz versus calypso jazz versus uh, herbie hancock funk jazz it's all like jazz is is more about the spirit of the music than it is about any specific style so to me everything that we that you know jam fans 
bands like about the dead or about fish the reason why Branford Marcellus would play with the dead or the reason why you know you know fish would um, you know play songs like Donna Lee and get into like these deep jazz cuts it, it, it's because the spirit of jazz is what led to the existence of, of jam is why the dead did what they did I remember uh, Grant Green Jr. is on our record and um, when I was working with him he talked about when he was young you know he his Grant Green is his father's you know tremendous jazz musician he came up with George Benson you know teaching him guitar and he he talked about the first time he met Bob Weir Bob Weir sat in front of him like a little kid watching him play like trying to pick his brain about all this jazz licks and get into jazz and like you know, so the, the spirit of of uh, of what you know people are turned on to in, in our world of, of this jam scene is is the same thing that turned people on to jazz. You know, and it's just it, it's, you know it's just jazz. It's just at this point, in my opinion, just a word, but it really just describes the essence of musical conversation and improvisation. And then anything you know else is just you know what style do you infuse jazz into? And when it's happening right, then you find it. You find it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, man. Sound of surprise. Sound of surprise. Yeah, totally. Wow. Thanks, you guys. That, yeah, I'm not going to say anything and ruin it. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil Story Made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. time, you guys. That was...
Hey listeners, I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.